Look at my butt. Show number 290 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK Talk Trek. Oh my god. Listen, you guys, you will not believe what we just spent the last hour doing. It was incredible trying to get technology to cooperate. In fact, we had the weirdest tech thing that ever happened, and I'm going to drop in a little bit of the sound that we were getting <laughs> because it was the strangest science fiction-y, nomad-y sort of sound that I've ever heard on any kind of connection, and it was freaking me out a little bit. But Well, yeah. Uh, but we fixed it, and now we're here, and hopefully we can record an entire show without getting kicked off the internet or <laughs> abducted by aliens or anything like that. Oh, my God, who knows? But the good news is I have a present. You do have a present. So um, your birthday was just recently. And um, as usual, you know, I didn't want to get you stuff because Mm -hmm. we're trying not to do stuff. So I'm giving you a gift, and I hope it's good, and I hope it's not something you have already. But um, I I thought it would be uh, something you'd appreciate, and hopefully it's good. It's a gift subscription, and it's not a whole year's worth. So if it turns out not to be good, then it's not a whole year's worth of not good. Okay. (laughs) If that makes any sense at all. Thanks for all the warnings. Please open it. I'm going to click it. (laughs) I am clicking now. Click. Okay. The Criterion Channel. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad it's something you like. (laughs) Oh, yes. Every now and then, you know, a commercial comes on where I'll see a review of a movie. And I go, oh, I want to see that. And it's, oh, Criterion Channel. I just Mm -hmm. can't buy any more you know subscriptions yes thank you so much you are extremely welcome and i just i have heard a lot of good things about it from people who Mm -hmm. are are really into movies and they say you know of course since it's criterion the movies look beautiful you know super high quality and lots of lovely extras that they have on there and their library is quite large Uh, and of course lots of classic movies which i know you really like so there should be plenty of stuff there for you to look at so there there you Thank go. You. Yay. you know, I didn't look to see if they have any Star Trek movies on there. I wonder if they do. Well, if they do, they'll look great. They will. They will. And they're, you should look to see what other kind of Bill movies they have there. I Who will. Knows? Gee, that's like the number one thing you do when you get a new channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. That is so thoughtful. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just glad that it is something that is good for you. And like I said, not a thing, right? Cause right, right, yeah. It, it's, it's an experience. It's an experience, yes. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Very, very welcome. Enjoy. And and yeah, come back and, and tell us if it's good. Maybe there are other people who are listening who would like to, to subscribe to that. Well, and I'll find out if there's, you know, Bill stuff or, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> Hooray. Yay. Yay. Uh, so did you have a good birthday besides that? Um, well, my sister was here. Mm-hmm. And so there was much uh, giggling and watching of movies and she went out to get us cupcakes and broke her arm. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and I was sort of, you know, half sick 
through uh, a lot of it, so we didn't even go out to a nice dinner like we planned. But we set out for stuff, and we had so much fun, and Uh, Jack adores her. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it was a very nice birthday. Well, good. I'm glad. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, at some point you and I will be able to celebrate my birthday and your birthday and Bill's birthday and everything in person one of these days. And Shatmas and whatever else we can come up with. Yeah. So speaking of people breaking their arms. Yes. (laughs) uh, So it is uh, June and Bill this weekend was at his first convention, his first in-person convention, I should say, Mm -hmm. that he has been to uh, in a year and some, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in Pittsburgh and it's called Steel City Con. And Mm. he had agreed to be here a long time ago. Uh, so he was there. He did his appearance. I saw lots of pictures on Facebook of him posing with fans and signing autographs. But he had his arm in a sling. And according to the people who were there, he fell off his horse. Hmm. Now, it didn't say he broke his arm, but I'm assuming if he had his arm in a sling, it must have, something must have happened. I don't know. Right. Um, it needs to at least be supported and kept out of use. Right. Uh, it didn't look like he had a cast on it, so I don't uh-huh. think that they immobilized it. But boy, Bill, what a trooper. You know, like he, he hurts his arm. He gets on a plane. He flies from California to Pittsburgh to do this con. He's there for two whole days doing all of his stuff. Like you cannot keep that man away from these events under let's, no circumstances. Let's just face it. He doesn't know how to be an old man. Oh, no, no, not at all. And a 90-year-old man falls off his horse and doesn't break a hip. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He just goes, eh, no big deal. And and just keeps going and and pretends like this is just something that happens every day. Which, fair, maybe it is something that happens every day. (laughs) But uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, so we'll have to hear more about that. I did Mm -hmm. a little bit of internet Googling today and I didn't see anything. Um, on his website or in any of the other places where you might expect to get Bill news. It was just from people who attended the con. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's Bill with his arm in a sling. But I I found a little clip where the the local TV station had interviewed him just during the con. And Mm -hmm. he seemed full of energy and really just excited to be there and be there in person and he looks pretty good yeah i saw that clip he looked very upbeat yeah um so that's been great he's been doing a ton of uh publicity for going back to cons for one thing he's Mm -hmm. doing another galaxy con in two next oh is it next week wait what is today the 13th yeah 13th I think it's maybe two weeks. Then. Yeah, okay. We'll okay, put it, yes, but he is doing one. We'll put it on the, the Facebook page so people can go and see. But, yep, he's doing another one. But he's also got a whole list of in-person cons that he's doing uh, listed on his website all over the place. So he's flying mm-hmm. all over the country doing these things. And he's promoting with his good best friend, his new best friend, Mike Tyson, uh-huh. uh-huh. He's doing shilling for copper gel, which is, so this is weird, right? Yeah. I, I went and I looked at it and there's a very strange website that has no information about the products whatsoever, except that I think they're all CBD based and they're made from hemp. I don't know if they have any kind of, you know, THC content or they're just straight up CBD stuff but it's something that Mike Tyson is shilling for and now Bill Mm -hmm. is shilling for them too and it comes in different types of topical 
applications. There's creams and oils and stuff that you can spray on. As far as I could tell, all the products have normal stuff like mm-hmm. menthol and, you know, stuff like Biofreeze that helps you when, when right. your muscles hurt and stuff like that. And they apparently have copper in them. Now, copper as a treatment for this kind of stuff is total bullshit. Like there's nothing yes. in copper that makes you better in any yes. way, shape or form, but that's what they're pushing. Um, all that said, Bill did a series of very, very funny commercials that are only being shown, I think, on YouTube. Um, oh, okay. Because I, yeah. I haven't seen these. No, I don't think they're TV commercials, them. but they're very amusing. And I have to say, Bill is quite good at play acting with Mike Tyson. Oh, yes. It's very funny. So Mike, there's a little story. Mike Tyson invites Bill to, to come to his gym and Bill's like, I could help train you. <laughs> which is very amusing in and of itself. Yes. And, and he gets there and they get into the ring and he's like, I want to know what it's like to, to be punched by Mike Tyson. And Tyson's like, are you sure you want to do that? Bill's like, yeah, <laughs> come on, come on. And then, of course, he hits him with the lightest of touches and Bill makes a huge fuss a huge over deal. it. Oh, but that really hurt. <laughs> when they did the arm wrestling. Oh, that was real. <laughs> I know. He really slammed Bill's hand down and maybe... That's how he broke no, his arm. Maybe, maybe. Oh, it's so funny. And then Bill does a very good little comedic bit with a speed bag where he punches yeah. it and it smacks him right in the face, which is <laughs> pretty good. So I was very, um, I was delighted to see how much he kind of threw himself into it and was willing to do some potentially dangerous physical comedy for this sort right. of thing. Right, right. It's pretty good. So that's his new thing, and he's shilling it. He, I saw him shilling it on uh, some sports thing that he was in, interviewed on and just, you know, going all out there. Yeah, copper gel, this stuff is great with my friend Mike Tyson. Everybody should do it. It, it makes your pain go away. Yep, copper gel. How many times can you say the name of the product in <laughs> 10 seconds? Well, a few weeks ago... In something he was talking about, he was using some sort of CBD something mm. for pain. So yeah. maybe the copper gel people went, oh, let's get him to show for us. We'll send him tons of this junk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. That would totally make sense. So good for you, Bill. You've got something new to show. That's right. <laughs> oh, uh, what's the other thing that he's doing that I wanted to talk about? Uh, Oh, so so he got yes, he was inducted into the Worldwide Wrestling uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, Let's see, I think I have this open. He joins the WWE Hall of Fame, the World Wrestling Entertainment thing. Uh, let's see. There was a nice little interview, and you can also watch his acceptance speech, which was also pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that happened last month, and he had some very good quotes. Let me just scroll down. Uh, Shatner called the honor fantastic and showed impressive trash talking skills when asked <laughs> in an interview about the 1995 appearance where he flipped uh, Jerry the King Lawler. And Shatner says, Jerry Lawler was nothing, nothing. He was a little bird. <laughs> Uh, asked if he was larger than life, as many WWE superstars appear to be, Shatner at first responded literally. Uh, I'm on a diet to correct that, but it doesn't work well. Okay. Now, did you click through and watch the Jerry Lawler clip? I had seen that before, yeah, from a while ago. It's pretty good. It's it pretty really funny. is. It really is. And plus, you know, it's what, 25 years ago and Bill yes. looks so good. He does. And he really oh. brings the attitude. It's it's very oh, theatrical, yeah. which is what the WWE is all about. So that exactly, was Exactly. Yeah. 
this was my favorite quote in talking about being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Shatner feigned modesty before upshifting to full-on tongue-in-cheek bravado. I am not larger than life. I'm life itself. He is! <laughs> he stole the Promethean it. fire and ate it or something, you he know. He did. Oh, my God. I love it. So, yeah, he got a nice honor. He was very happy and, you know, good for them. Good for them. Well, that is, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what Bill's up to these days. He's going to cons. He's he's shilling for Copper Gel. He got inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's just out there doing a million things all the time. He's yep. just shifted back. It, it's amazing, isn't it? Like he went from being sort of locked down like everybody was and then mm-hmm. easing back into the galaxy con things and now that the restrictions on COVID have been listed he, he's like a thousand miles an hour immediately just right yes. back into it full speed yes yep well um on at midnight friday the state of illinois and the city of chicago wide open oh okay um stores, restaurants, whatever, it's up to them if they want you to wear a a mask Mm -hmm. and they're within their rights to do that. But you don't have to. Yeah. However, I'm also, in addition to everything else, um, in the midst of allergy season and the mask really helps. So when I take Jack out for his walk, I'm still wearing a mask. Yeah. Well, it's it's happening here in California this week. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know, man. I kind of like wearing a mask. So I'm not sure. <laughs> does it make you feel like a bandit? <laughs> it does. It just makes me feel a little bit safer. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that's what's happening with Mr. William Shatner, who we all love very much. Yes. Let's see. You put together an amazing list of links for lovely newsy things that we can talk about. Um, I don't think we have a whole lot of updates on the various uh, Trek things, which are all filming, and we're waiting to hear when they're going to premiere. We haven't really gotten any news updates on that, like no premiere dates for any of the series. But, you know, full steam ahead. They're shooting everything. Right. And I'm getting really, really fed up with phony headlines. Yeah. That'll say, like, uh, discovery, premiere date, and more. And you go through, and at the end of the article, it says, we still don't know when it's <laughs> going to be shown. And I'm seeing this stuff all the time, you know, the the truth about the Gorn, you know, yeah. it, it was just a guy in a rubber suit. Do you oh. believe it? Um, you know, that's getting pretty, pretty tired, but you know, it's the internet. So <laughs> I did manage to pull out a few things I thought we you might did. want to talk about. Definitely. Well, um, go ahead. Why don't you pick from your cornucopia and we can, okay. we can talk about that. The, the first one is an article about um, Captain Lorca. Yes. And we all remember him from... Uh, season one of Discovery and we found out you know he's a mirror guy and the uh it doesn't they don't know uh what happened to original Lorca if he's dead Mm -hmm. or you know that would be a nice mystery to solve or something but here's the one that kills me first of all it says he um he allowed the destruction of the USS Buran or Buran, mm-hmm. so as to keep it and the crew from being captured by enemy Klingons. He was the only survivor of the supposed incident, but an explosion during the conflict deeply affected his vision. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that being the excuse. Uh, I don't remember. It's such a long time ago now. The explosion, okay, I want to read some more because I I think they're way off on this. The explosion supposedly damaged his eyes in a way that made him particularly susceptible to bright lights. 
According to Lorca, any kind of surgery to fix this impairment would cost him his eyes, leaving the ailment to become part of his character. This was, of course, false, however. Mm -hmm. The true reason behind his sensitivity to light was the fact that he was from the mirror universe. This is a well-known trait <laughs> of those from the mirror universe. And when uh, it came up in Discovery, I, that's the first I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, I, I when I read that too, I was like, what? Like, okay, well-known? Well known. Mm, yeah. No, I don't think so. I I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Well, first of all, let me just say that any article where Lorca is misspelled in that sentence that you just read as <laughs> Lorca. <laughs> I don't think this this author knew what they were talking about because it is not a well known trait. In this, I think this was the first time we ever ever heard from it, and it doesn't make any sense because if we go back to Mirror Mirror, everything was just as well lit on that ship as it was on the regular Enterprise. So, no. And they weren't wearing sunglasses. And no, I no, I no. So. so, you know, it's lazy writing. They needed something that would be a giveaway. Mm -hmm. So they gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're right. This is such a clickbaity headline, right? Star Trek colon, the truth about Gabriel Lorca's eyes in Discovery Season 1. Okay, so that's not... Mm -hmm. Like if you watch the series, and when was was season one? That was like two years ago, right? So At least this this isn't news, and this article was published three days ago. So <laughs> they just had some poor intern or whoever writes these articles like try to scrape something together to get a clickbaity headline to talk about it. And you're right; it's very very annoying when you think there's going to be some interesting information and it turns out to be just a recap of the episode basically yeah um i'm seeing a lot of this kind of thing not mm. just having to do with star trek but you know you're going through and it's suddenly the true tragic story of dolly parton mm -hmm. and you read it it's a recap of all the fan stuff you would already know if you were a dolly parton fan and it um i'm thinking this is a kind of uh one of those we have these jobs, but nobody wants some things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, get get that kid who brings in the mail and have him write up something. Yes, exactly. And, and put a clickbait headline on it, mm -hmm. and off we'll go. Yep. So I, I will recommend at this point that there is a very good Twitter account that I follow that's called uh -huh. Saved You a Click. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. Yes, and basically it, it looks at these headlines and it tells you what it is like here's mm -hmm. a great one that he just it's a guy named jake he just posted it the other day the headline on the washington post article says these high-tech strawberries cost six dollars a piece here's what they taste like and so the twitter account saved you a click says strawberries <laughs> <laughs> now i would actually if i was a, a reporter covering that i would want more clarification because I have not tasted a strawberry that tasted like a strawberry in about 10 years. <laughs> Only if you grow them yourself, pretty much. Well, yeah, because uh, I know this from farm people in my family, that um, the growers grow them, pick them before they're ripe, ship them, and gas them so they get the color. Mm, but they, oh. don't, they don't get the flavor. Right. They're not fully ripened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, here's another one. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through. Yeah, and this it's okay. Is quite good. It's it's a really good account, and he covers all sorts of things. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. entertainment. Sometimes it's just celebrity gossip. But here's one uh, headline in New York Magazine: Why we really do look way hotter in sunglasses. And his comment was: They hide part of your face. <laughs> I like a that. It's very good. So, yeah, so everybody go and follow uh, Saved You a Click. I think in a lot of cases, it's going to absolutely save you some time. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Star Trek, the original series, almost had two more regular characters. Mm -hmm. Did you read the article? I did, and it was oh, very interesting. I was going to ask you to guess who it was. Um, um, I think I knew this, though. Like, I'd read this before, especially mm. about the about – Riley. So it's yes. Riley and Joe Tormolin who um, mm -hmm. died. Who got stabbed with a butter knife. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I had heard that they were thinking about making Riley a regular. And I think that would have been a great idea. You know, he was very, he, he was charismatic and he was funny. And yeah, it would have been great. And it would have been, in a way, he would, um, he would be sort of like a Lower Decks character, yes. you know, still kind of finding his way through Star Trek or Starfleet. Yeah. And um, we didn't really have a regular character who was at that level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he would have been such a good contrast to Sulu and Chekhov, you know, mm -hmm. like as the, the sort of uh, the Joker in the deck, so to speak. Yeah. You know? Like, you, you know what his personality is. He's not a very straight ahead guy like Sulu and he's not, you know, uh, the youngest whatever lieutenant in starfleet like Chekhov is he's just mm -hmm. sort of a like you say like a regular guy like a boimler kind of guy who's just yeah. like figuring out what's happening maybe a little too prone to uh bowling and dancing and drinking a little bit and yeah. singing and singing <laughs> it would have been good um i see so, i can come up with the whole story for him <laughs> he has such a crush on uhura uh -huh. and she treats him like a little brother uh-huh yeah, I see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I can see people not taking him very seriously because mm -hmm. of the way he presents himself. Yeah. It's too bad that Kevin Hyde is not with us anymore. Um, yeah. Bruce Hyde. Sorry, not Kevin. Kevin <laughs> Riley. Bruce Hyde. Uh, but I seem to remember him saying pretty much what the actor who played Tormolin said. Like, I don't know. They never asked me. So... <laughs> If, if it was discussed, it wasn't discussed with the actors, and he was just your standard working actor at the time. So mm -hmm. I'm sure as soon as he was done with Star Trek, he was just on to doing other things. Right. It right. was not something that he was sitting around going, oh, I hope that they ask me to be a regular on the show. Yeah, I've been on twice. <laughs> yeah. Third time's a charm. But it One more good. time and I'll beat Harry Mudd. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I thought that was interesting, you know, because yeah. Riley especially was a really good character and, and, de and deserved to be developed more. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I want to elaborate on this next one if we're going to talk about Mariana Hill, because yes. I went two more clicks to the original interview from which those quotes were taken, and there's oh. way more. <laughs> oh, great, because I didn't, I didn't think to do that. Yeah. Um, so... You take it. Take it Okay. There. So this was an, an article that, that you'd found that has a little s snippet of an art, um, an interview with Mariana Hill, who played our favorite of all time, uh, Helen Noel. Helen Noel. So capable, so beautiful, so wonderful. Just loving her. And uh, there's a quite a long article 
this was published in 2016 that was oh. based on an interview with her and at that time uh, she was still doing stuff she was still acting and mm-hmm. very active in things i did not realize that she had such a long list of credits but she was in like most actors at that time in loads and loads of tv shows like she just turns up everywhere mm-hmm. but but she also had a fairly good movie career and knew lots and lots of people um lived in places where she got to to know uh, other people. Her mom was a, a screenwriter oh. and worked at MGM. So she knew people. Her mom was friends with Joan Crawford. Um, they lived in La Jolla for a while, which was, uh, you know, very upper class, but uh-huh. also where Hollywood people would go to get away from Hollywood. So she has just such an interesting history. And this article is like many, many, many paragraphs long, and it's super interesting stuff. And the, She the... was in, uh, I think it's Godfather 3. Was she really? She played uh, Fredo's wife. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I will have to look. Well, she did all sorts of things and had an incredibly long career. Um, mm-hmm. the, this interview just goes on and on. And she talks about the fact that she had zero idea about Star Trek. Like, mm-hmm. after the fact, she was asked a couple of times to go to conventions. And she was like, that sounds weird. I'm not going to do it. And then she went to one convention in 2012 and was absolutely gobsmacked by what happened, that people were just so excited about seeing her. And she oh, thought, yeah, but and she thought this was cool. Like she was really good, but going on conventions, not really her thing. So she doesn't mm-hmm. do conventions. And, uh, she just wanted to do it because it sounded like a good job at the time. And her agent said, it's cool. And she said, let's say, uh, I just remember that it was the funniest show. I had the greatest experience working with those guys. I loved it. Uh, she made a rare public appearance at a 2012 Star Trek convention in London. She said, the Star Trek people have invited me to some conventions, which are so much fun because the Trekkies show up in these wonderful costumes and people are so positive about it all. It's given them some sort of belief in something with regards to the future. I didn't understand it. And then I went and I thought, oh my God, look at this. It's a phenomenon. Yeah. It's created a belief system that's so supportive and so positive And that's why it's gone on and on, which was great. So she knew Leonard Nimoy because she'd worked with him on Outer Limits and on a show called The Tall Man. So she knew him and Mm -hmm. said he was really nice and they got along really well. And uh, she was super happy to see that he'd found a role that he was really well suited for. Uh Uh-huh. So let's get to the Bill stuff. Yeah. All right. Here's what she says. Here's a whole paragraph. Quote, William Shatner is fantastic. Nobody understands Shatner. Well, some people maybe, although I don't know if I have the brains to understand him, but he has this incredible drive, which I recognized. I thought, I know what he's doing. He just wants to be the best that he can be. Yes. Yes. He had this incredible energy, and the two of them, Nimoy and Shatner, worked so well together because they pulled down stuff from each other's energy. Leonard has this kind of uh, Saturnine sort of depth, and Shatner was just this alive guy who wanted to do the best. Mm -hmm. We'd be on set, and he'd say, let's do it this way. Let's try it that way. And that's how I like to work. And I'd say, okay, let's do it. And we were just like very excited children. We would say to each other, I want to play it this way. Or did you like how I do it that way? We would do all of these different setups because with Shatner, he allowed us to do that. He was great and he fought for his character and people did not understand that. They thought he was temperamental. He was not temperamental. He was a very caring and highly motivated professional. He came from the theater and he had that work ethic. He just cared about the work and wanted to do the very best that he could possibly have done. And a lot of people didn't understand that about him. They thought... 
Well, I don't know what they thought. I have read things about him which are totally not true. He was just the most dedicated, caring actor as much as Marlon Brando or any other major star. Shatner was so cute at the Star Trek convention I did in London, and he really loves the fans. He shows oh. up and he really gives them his all. Oh, I yeah. remember when he came back into the green room, he was breathless because he had given so much of his energy out to them. He loved them and they love him. This phenomenon would never have happened without them. He is Captain Kirk. You just remember that, and he deserves our respect. And we do respect him. We do. What a great oh, quote. So that is wonderful. Yeah. And I think, as we've heard from so many people who worked with him, yeah, not temperamental, not trying to make life difficult for other people, just committed to doing the best that he could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Oh, so nice to hear. So yeah. nice to hear from her. Yeah, that was great. So, ah, oh, man, you know, we got to meet Barbara Luna, and that was mm -hmm. awesome. I'd love to meet Mariana Hill. So would I. Oh, imagine. We could just tell her how awesome she's been and uh, how much we love her character. Oh, yes, so and that, that character and the way she played it was inspiring. It was a strong woman. Yes. And she didn't have to act like a man to be a strong woman. Yeah, she was And just that's great. practically a unique portrayal even nowadays. Mhm. Mm yep. So, oh, I love her. I saw that episode not that long ago and I was uh -huh. amazed again at how good she was. Um the, I you know, we watched uh The Alternative Factor was on the other night, which is a uh -huh. terrible episode, but I was reminded again that Lieutenant Charlene Masters, who works in engineering, is mm -hmm. awesome also and I would love to see a whole thing about her because she was great. Yeah. Su super confident. And there was just this one scene where um, the Lazarus character does something to cause the panel in engineering to start to smoke and spark. Mm -hmm. And she's standing there and she's trying to fix it. And there's another guy who's working next to her. And he's like, no, it's going to blow up. We have to get out of here. And she's like, no, I have to fix this. And then he has to drag her away from the panel because she's so committed to fixing mm -hmm. the thing. Like he's not, he's ready to run out of the room. <laughs> and she's just there like, no, this is my job. I have to do this. And he has yep. to like physically drag her away from the panel. Mm -hmm. So good. So incredibly she's, good. She's a good one with, Again, another character that could have been much further developed. Yes, yeah. So maybe somebody will pick up on her. That would be maybe good. Maybe so. Maybe she'll show up in uh, Strange New Worlds. That would be kind of cool. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just love that. Yay, Mariana Hill. She's awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, we're coming up on half an hour. You want to take a break? Oh, yeah. Let's take a little break. And then we've got uh, more interesting stuff to discuss. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Right. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news.
the sound of technology not cooperating with us. We spent an hour trying to sort this out. I just thought you'd enjoy hearing what it sounds like when the aliens are trying to take over. Our next topic is one we haven't talked about in a long time, but it's something I love, which is when fans do a Star Trek play. Yes, yes. Put on some sort of Star Trek show, and we've been lucky enough to see a few of them. Now, this, um, one of the first groups I think that we heard of doing this was the people who do this. This took place in Portland. Yes, that's right. Yes, and the woman who directed it said she'd been directing these for about six, seven years, so that sounds mm-hmm. right. But what they did was a musical. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> yeah, of uh, the Gorn episode. Oh, so good. And it's called Arena Gorn Superstar. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, Arena Gorn Superstar, you know. Of course. But, um, so it was done in Rose. Oh, here we go, Roseburg, Oregon Community College. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it on in an outdoor setting on May twenty-first, and used songs created by a fellow Umpqua employee, Jason Harold, who is also the school's director of music. Um, so it debuted at the Umpqua Valley Arts Association outdoor stage, and. Uh, so Alabac, that's the woman who directed it, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay. Yeah. She says, I've been directing Star Trek plays for about six or seven years now, and people want to come in and want to do a William Shatner impression or a Patrick Stewart impression, and I don't want to do that. I always say this is our interpretation of Star Trek. You want the energy of the character without the impression because there's something lost from the identity of the actor. Mm-hmm. And then the little like mini headline subtitle or whatever is, based on a true Star Trek episode. It's so good. There's a little clip, and the the um, thumbnail for the clip is mm-hmm. someone dressed as the Gorn, mm-hmm. and they're wearing sort of a padded suit, so it's, it's yes. like poofy, but it's the Gorn uniform, and then they have a plastic Gorn mask stuck on their head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's um, so awesome. I love it. It's so well, good. Well, this article describes the fight scene saying, it was a slow, drawn-out slog <laughs> that was so campy that it became one of the franchise's most iconic moments. Absolutely. And it features a you know, rubber gorn suit to capture the essence of the episode. And it says, Star Trek helps fans combine creativity and passion, unlike so many other major franchises. And this is just another example of what makes the Trek fandom so great. I agree, 110%. -hmm. Uh, Speaking of that sort of thing, um, it is uh, update. 
on Oasis in San Francisco. Uh, yes. They are doing more stuff now, so they're opening, Yay. and they've been doing more productions. And they do not have any Star Trek episodes on the schedule yet, mm-hmm. but I think they probably will at some oh, yeah. point. So as I soon think as those we... are very popular. Oh, they're hugely popular. I just think it, because there are so many people in the cast and they have mm-hmm. to do the sets and everything, it's it's quite a large undertaking. Um, so they're, they probably are gearing up for something and will let everybody know when they do it. And I hope they, they put it on Oasis TV on the YouTube channel as well. Yeah. It's just so good. I love them. Um, you I know, also... No, oh, sorry. I was just going to say what what the director said is absolutely true. You want the energy of the character without the impression. And I would argue that when Lee Crow does William Shatner, she's not doing William Shatner, right? It's like she's channeling him. Yes. But, but via Elvis or something, right? Yeah. It's, so she's not. <laughs> there just, is a little twist there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just trying to be you know, exactly like William mm-hmm. Shatner. There's there's a creativity and an interpretation that goes with it, and that's what makes it so good. Yes. And I want to just throw in a, a little plug. Now that the pandemic's over, I'm hoping they'll start doing this again. But a few years ago, I saw the Klingon Christmas Carol. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Christmas Carol, please. You know, the only <laughs> one I could tolerate was Mr. Magoo. But this one was absolutely the the best interpretation as far as getting at the heart and the darkness of that story mm-hmm. you know if you get a chance to go see it, it yeah there there are some real funny things in it and stuff but it's not played campy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's actually very true to what dickens wrote so i encourage people to to look for that one yeah i think anything that's based on Trek in that way. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was the Star Trek opera and, yes. and there were other, the Klingon opera, there were other mm-hmm. things that, that people have done. Just such good interpretation. And this actually leads into the next thing that you sent a note about, which was, yes. um, I'm talking about the the fanfic one. So yes. can we talk about the fanfic one? Yes. This is kind of old. This was a blog by a guy named Lee Goldberg, who's a writer. So he has written uh, TV shows. He's written books. Um, he's done loads and loads and loads of stuff. I'm looking at his list of credits, and it's quite long. But he wrote this screed, and I don't feel bad calling it a screed because it is. It is. In 2005, where he really rips people for writing fanfic. Mm-hmm. And I, when I read this, I was like, what is wrong with you? First of all, that you get so bent out of shape, you have to spoil other people's fun. And then to be insulting on top of it. So he was picking apart someone's post um, who the person was saying, here's why I write fanfic and just giving a list of reasons why I like mm-hmm. fanfic. And so his comment was, uh, I've heard a lot of inane justifications for writing fanfic, but this is the winner. She knows she's using characters that aren't her own. She's disrespecting the author's right to control their own creations, but none of that matters because she's, quote, a writer. So she had no other choice but to write the story and post it on the internet. She had to do it. It was an undeniable compulsion because she's, quote, a writer. No, you're not. You don't have the slightest inkling of what it means to be a writer or any respect for other writers. A writer creates characters and stories and respects the creative rights of their of his colleagues you are a plagiarist a creative parasite to call yourself quote a writer to justify your creative theft and internet publication of your work disrespects every real writer that you steal from (sighs) 
fuck you, buddy. <laughs> really? I remember discussing this with you, and maybe it was even, you know, pre-podcast. Um, I think it was. This is from a long time ago. It is a, a, a long-ago article, and I'm going, boy, do you have a high opinion of yourself. <laughs> what you are doing is writing, but other people sitting in front of their computer, typing words, and the words make a story... That's not writing, not yeah. necessarily. It's like, oh my God, get over yourself. Really? I, the one thing that really pleased me is that if you scroll to the end of his screed, his rant, there are 144 comments and almost every single one of them is saying exactly what you said. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You don't know really? what you're talking about. It's great. Ah, oh, very yeah. good. So we will, we will post a link and... Uh, and I also think it's it's also worth reading to read in full how the the fanfic writer defends herself. Yes, because she she remains calm, mm-hmm. and and she she says I don't claim them as my own. I know I don't mm-hmm. own them, and you know the whole thing. But I, I <laughs> it just cracks me up. I'm going, yeah, you know, like all those people who wrote about King. Arthur mm-hmm. and all the stuff Shakespeare made up, you know, that <laughs> nobody had ever heard those stories or the fairy tales. Oh my God. You know, that's just a different part of, uh, of our culture, of yeah. experiencing it, of participating in it. Yep. I, you know, I was thinking, I, I read a lot of stuff on Tumblr and that is all about the fandom and what people mm-hmm. do and writing and art and all that stuff. And I have to say, like, when I first got really deeply into Trek fandom, I used to wonder why people who were such good writers didn't write original fic. Mm-hmm. And and I would, I almost did think, I was like, well, you're such a good writer, you should be writing original stuff. Like, this isn't real, you mm-hmm. know, like writing fanfic. Oh, it's, you could put your talents to better use. I've totally come around on that. And I think when people write fanfic, it is writing. It is just as good and as valid as anything else mm-hmm. whether you're making characters up it's for a different purpose it makes you happy it expresses a thing and if you choose only ever to write fanfic and you don't write original fic that's fine there's nothing wrong with that yep. it's it's what you enjoy and you should do what you enjoy because you're not making money off of it you're not uh, you're not plagiarizing i mean he doesn't seem to understand what plagiarism means because yeah that's not it um <laughs> and and it's as long as you're not passing it off literally as plagiarism like somebody's written it what the mm-hmm. heck man let people have fun yep yeah and and i feel the same way you do you know when i was writing i said like, gosh if i could just channel this in another direction maybe i you know, could become a professional writer and get some stuff published. But I also have the sneaking suspicion that it would be like me and acting and singing. And once you bring the professionalism into it, not as far as um, how good your act is, but the, all the obligations of that, it becomes a lot less fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as somebody pointed out once that the word amameur comes from love. And this mm. is something you're doing out yes. of love. Exactly. And there is nothing wrong with being an amateur violinist or an amateur. You're doing it. You're doing what you love and you're doing it in the way you love. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why you do it. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, I think Lee, Go- Lee Goldberg can just 
get in the sea, as they say in English. Mm -hmm. You're 100% wrong about this. <laughs> I'm just reading a comment here. Um, <laughs> Lee, you're a dick. That was a comment. Good. I agree. That is good. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention, I didn't put this on the list, but it amused me greatly. There's a couple of Star Trek um artists on Tumblr that I follow and there's one in particular who drew this very very silly little sequence of um, Kirk and Spock wearing different silly clothes and uh -huh. they're very cartoony and one is like uh, and and they're all sort of like sexy chest shots so one of them is Kirk wearing like a little crop top mm -hmm. you know? and, and it, it says I forget what it says on this it's like hot girl summer or something <laughs> very funny and then Spock wearing Vulcan robes that are sort of open to his navel like very sexy <laughs> but the best one is the one of um, Kirk in the Amok Time shirt with the slice across the front right. and it's it's labeled boob window which I oh. thought was just the funniest thing <laughs> that's oh, what it I is it's it. a boob window I love it <laughs> oh, it just made me laugh and laugh and laugh like he, you know that happened and then he was like oh mm -hmm. I kind of like the way this looks I'm going to have to do this more often you know Right. He's going for a vacation. It's like, I like having my, my boobs exposed like this. It's very yeah, comfortable. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> Air them out a little. Yeah. Uh, anyway, boob window. But you know what else this is sort of reminiscent of, but nobody gets on them for it, is if you hang out on the net, you'll see there's a lot of these different articles on recipes to replicate things from your favorite restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, the, the soup from... Uh, Olive Garden, you know, these various things. And, and there's a lot of different versions of it. Is that theft? Is that mm. recipe plagiarism? Yeah, yeah. I it mean, if, if, you, if, you're ha if you're doing it at home, you aren't going to the, the restaurant and buying that's, it. That's and that's right. what a lot of people used to say about fanfic mm -hmm. was, you know, you're, you're stealing something from Paramount. And it's like, they don't offer this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they did, I, I would be paying for it. <laughs> right, right. You know, if, if you buy a box of brownie mix and you mix in things that aren't part of their ingredients, you're not stealing their brownies. Yeah. It, it, it's so weird because I think you see a lot of the same people who will say, um, you know, fanfic is wrong, you're stealing, blah, 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 blah. But yet those same people, if you complain about you know, oh, I really wish that Star Trek would show stuff about Charlene Masters, or uh, I really wish Star Trek would show more non-white people. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, well, why don't you go and make it yourself? Like, but I did, and you criticized me for doing that, <laughs> you know? Like, there, there's the, the, um, the denial that you can ask the powers that be to make more things that you like. But then if you do make the things that you like, you get criticism for making the things that you like. Like, what are you supposed to do? Just wait mm -hmm. until the show and the showrunners decide to do the thing that you specifically want to see? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Just do it yourself. And one of the pieces of advice they give is people who are, are not writing or maybe are thinking about it. It's like, if there's a story you want to read and it's not out there, you should write it. Yeah. And that's what fanfic writers are doing exactly right yes that's what it is so yeah that's what we do and that's what we'll yep. keep doing now this actually provides a very good link to this next thing which uh is 
cracked me up because I actually hadn't heard this before. So this okay. was not a clickbait title. Clickbait title. One draft of the motion picture focused more <gasps> on sex. Oh my god! And then you read the article, and it's like, what? <laughs> Can I just say? Gene Roddenberry, why are you so gross? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of pervy, you know? He really is. It's just not good. I'm so glad that this wasn't the version of the movie that got made because oh. it's not good. It's just not good. No. But, um, yeah, one of the one draft of the Star Trek, the motion picture, which is boring and long, focused more on sex. And although this does not sound like the movie I would really want to see, but honestly, I think I'd rather see this than what they came up with, <laughs> which was ship porn. I want, you know, people porn. Actual porn. And also, because some of this would have been really campy. Mm-hmm. And if Star Trek can't be super high quality all the time, I'm glad when they're campy. Oh. You know. Oh, I, I, I am just trying to imagine the stuff that's that is quoted which we'll read in a second okay um, in the context of the movie that they actually made because that would have been bad i mean it's just it's <laughs> such a mismatch okay right from the beginning it opens with captain kirk and his girlfriend alexandria who's that uh swimming naked when he is contacted by starfleet on his wrist communicator alexandria pulls him down under the water so i assume it was not to drown him but to, right uh, <laughs> have sex in the water or something i yes. i can imagine bill would have done that i think oh, he would have been up for he would have naked. loved it um and then you had two female yeomen asking the new vulcan science officer about pon far that seems weird um when kirk meets Ilya, he tells her he knows delton females are not wanton hairless whores <laughs> Well, Whoa, okay. <laughs> that just made me back off from my computer a little bit. Um, <laughs> a comment which has her laughing delightedly. <laughs> and she retorts, on my world, existence is loving, pleasuring, sharing, caring. And Kirk responds by asking her if she's ever sexed with a human. <laughs> sexed. This is not how humans talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, and then it goes on to say that there were, uh, yeah, Ilya is propositioning Kirk. She's especially interested in Captain Kirk and wants to get to know him in a more interesting manner. Quote, Kirk, let us make sex. In a few hours, V'ger will arrive and I will return to my original form. Yeah, that's uh, really, um, that would get me hot. Yeah. <laughs> let us make sex <laughs> let us make sex yes how strange oh so yeah i'm glad that they didn't put that in there i think it would have been strange although as you say it would have been extremely fun to have a very campy version of same with yes. all of that uh goofy sex stuff in it, it would and the thing is because um Ilya and her kind are so open about sex she would have said this to him on the bridge in the full <laughs> yes. view of everyone, and they're all kind of standing around going, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we got to hear about him and the girls again. Okay, yeah, yeah. here we oh, go. Oh, God. He's making sex again. <laughs> <laughs> making sex. Oh, so weird. So this was just, I got to say, at least the headline gave you the, the, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I just wonder, like, why did this show up a couple of days ago or whatever? Did somebody read it? 
did it appear as an article somewhere else? Like, I, I'm just curious as to why this showed up. Well, it was written a month ago, it says. Okay. But it's like somebody fell into an archive of Trek stuff that nobody ever heard. Because okay. we keep hearing, or I keep running across these strange things. You know, there was also a series that took place on, and this is an actual article that they were considering that would take place on SETI Alpha 5 in the mirror universe. Oh my God, jeez. <laughs> so, you know, it's, <sighs> it's the way it is. It's so weird. Okay. I mean... There is such a lot of Star Trek news that's real. Why do they have to make stuff up or, or look for things like this? I guess I wonder, you know, is there some SEO formula that says articles about original Star Trek get more clicks than articles about Discovery or Lower Decks or something? Mm -hmm. I, I, know, I know that when you put a picture of William Shatner and you get the most clicks, but if there isn't a picture of William Shatner, like that article didn't have a photo of mm -hmm. him, do you get just as much because it mentioned sex and Star Trek in the same sentence? Right. Hmm. Well, sort of a follow-up on that. Um, as I was pulling together this list of articles, and I was quickly reading them to refresh my memory, mm -hmm. and every single one of these articles, you know, was about a TOS or Shatner or, you know, something like that. And you're reading along, reading along, and suddenly somebody, <laughs> the author, mentions Enterprise. <laughs> Like we were saying somebody who really loves Enterprise has started writing about it because oh, it shows up all the time. Right. And the first sentence of the article is not as bad as you remember it. <laughs> yes. They've got that set in permanent type. You know? They do. Yeah. It's like a macro. Whenever you type the name of the show <laughs> Enterprise, the next sentence, the, the parenthetical is not as bad as you remember it. Yes. <laughs> you know, this is this is rude and tacky, but the first time I ever heard this, it made me laugh, which was um, that back in the day, the trashy New York paper in the 1950s and 60s, whatever it was, let's say the New York Post, had it permanently set in boldface, Judy attempts suicide. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's so awful, but it, oh. you know, there's, True. there's <laughs> some truth in there. And that, there really yeah, that's is. what the Enterprise thing is. Not as bad as you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very funny. Okay. Um, we have one more thing here. I'm trying to remember. I don't think there was anything else that I, I specifically wanted to talk about. But um, this article is good. And this is on, what the hell is GPB? This is on I NPR. Don't know. Well, it's a PBS NPR thing. Yeah. But oh, it's I... Georgia Georgia Public Broadcasting. I see. Oh, okay. You have to okay. scroll all the way down to find it. But um, yeah, this was a recent article and it's called fandom can be a lot like high school here's how to avoid the bad stuff sort of what we were saying about fanfic and fan art and things mm -hmm. like that uh how did you come across this I, you know um i've got certain search things set up and mm -hmm. you know i pop them all into this one magazine <laughs> and uh and then sometimes I don't even read them. I just pop them in and I'll read them later and go, we don't want to do this. But, you know, so this is one of the ones I ran across in the past few weeks. 
Well, uh, she's saying there's the people that love to troll and love to stir the pot, but then there's also the people that feel very defensive about Mm. the fandom communities that they love and feel that any criticism is a criticism of them. I get very nervous when I'm talking about genre things that I know have a very deep fandom. Mm. And it's like, great, they're going to be mad at me talking about this. That happens a lot professionally. And she's got a new book out, Amy Ratcliffe, A Kid's Guide to Fandom. Ooh, that sounds good. She says it's the book that she wishes she could have (laughs) had when she was a young fan looking for others like herself. She remembers growing up as a fan of the Wheel of Time series, using her family's dial-up internet Mm -hmm. to visit online forums. Yeah, I love. This is very good. Her objective is for kids to be aware of fandom, that other people like the same things that you like, that you're not alone. I mm-hmm. think that's that's wonderful. I think so too, and and I love things platforms like Tumblr for mm-hmm. letting people be part of fandom. But I agree, and and she says in the very next paragraph here, I still hear stories about young girls being bullied because they like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They think they're the only kid. So finding a, an online group is great, but even within fandom, as we know, there are people mm-hmm. who are gatekeepers, and then there are people who think you're doing fandom wrong and I mean we certainly encountered (laughs) that in our time in fandom you know who are just Mm -hmm. like out to bully you if you didn't like the right thing or if you shipped the wrong people or you know just reading all kinds of things into whatever your fandom preference might be Mm -hmm. and it still happens Uh, she gives the example of in the Star Wars fandom, um, there's this huge divide uh, amongst the Kylo Ren fans mm-hmm. um, because there are some people who uh, ship uh, Kylo Ren and Rey, and then there are other people who are dead set against it and and think that the the uh, Raylo shippers, as they're called, are just wrong and they're facilitating an abusive relationship. And if mm-hmm. you like it, there's something wrong with you. And it's like. It's fandom, you know? It's not real people. It's not like you're fans of real people with real relationships. Mm -hmm. And sometimes being shippers and and examining things that are kind of problematic can help you work out your own stuff, too. Exactly. Um, Farther down, there's um, an example of two authors who are so cool with fans you know, mm. playing in their playground. One is Rick Riordan, who wrote uh-huh. the Percy Jackson books. Yeah. And he promotes fan creations and extended his fictional universe by working with authors from different backgrounds to write about the gods in their cultures. Uh, Tracy Dion, author of the Legendborn fantasy book series, thought specifically about future fans while writing her book. She says there are moments that she chose not to write because it might be something that people might enjoy writing as fan fiction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's sort of my love letter, my thank you back to the fandom community, creating the little pockets. Fans will often find the crack in a story, and I like to say they get in like water and expand Mm -hmm. like ice. Yeah. And then here's the best part. That organic growth is why people stick around. Yes, absolutely. And that's why Star Trek fandom has gone on for so long, Mm -hmm. because 
that's what people want to do. They want to play mm-hmm. in it. And I absolutely count myself in that. Yes. Yes. This is a very good article. And I like the little thing that says, fandom is an identity you choose for yourself. Yes. Absolutely. And especially, you know, she's saying it's like high school. But, you know, some of us are older than high school age. But especially, I think, kids, you know, junior high and mm-hmm. high school who are trying to find out what their identity is. Yeah. This could be, you know, part of that. Yep. I completely agree. I, I am just amazed by the the on the fly creativity that I see people expressing um, in in a thread again on Tumblr. I because uh, Tumblr is what I do to relax at night. Like because I can't read Twitter before I go to bed because it's too awful. Mm-hmm. It is it is the misery rectangle as they call it because um, it's just so much bad news all the time. But Tumblr is <laughs> a lot more fun, and I have curated my Tumblr people very carefully so that it's all good stuff oh that's a good idea yeah and there was a thread the other night of people um the the person who started the thread was talking about uh sarik and amanda and just saying i love the idea of them we don't know that much about them but there's been lots of fan theories let's all brainstorm fun little stories about when they were getting to know each other and there were like 20 different little mini stories Uh that were just you know three paragraphs that talk about um, maybe how they met or what their relationship was like or what it was like when you know they went back to Vulcan and they were all so fun and different and playful and just picking at it from places that you like I would never have thought of and Mm -hmm. who cares if they're consistent with canon you know one of them was yeah when when they first meet on earth you know he's the ambassador and she's a a teacher and she's helping him learn English or whatever it is it doesn't matter right it's like somehow they get together and he wants to impress her so he learns to cook um earth food for her yeah whenever he follows a recipe it's really good but then he decides because she doesn't always follow a recipe he's going to improvise and that leads that leads to a rule that he can never cook and improvise that he (laughs) always has to follow the recipe because he doesn't know what it's supposed to taste like right so he's just throwing random food in and she's like no don't do that anymore here's a recipe like that isn't that great and i just thought that is so sweet and so nice and like yeah it works you know when and you think actually, about, actually yeah. it's very realistic and believable yeah i mean i know couples like that who have rules about no you can never do this yes because exactly. you don't know what you're doing yep. <laughs> so i i was just amazed reading through this and seeing mm-hmm. people participating in this real time sort of here's some fun ideas and yeah maybe somebody will write a story or not doesn't matter it's yep. cool and yes, we should all be enjoying that because it's just, it's delightful. And it is so comfortable to read these new fun takes mm-hmm. on a universe that you know, like the back of your hand, right? Like yeah. you just know so much about Star Trek and yet to see people coming up with stuff you'd never thought of before. I love it. It just yep. makes me feel good. Yep. I like the idea too of some of this living on far, far, far yeah. into the future mm-hmm. and people reading things and and watching videos somehow they managed to get them to play and having these discussions about well what was the original and what what do we know about these people with you know these names that we can't find in any any other sort of archive were they were these written by computers were they <laughs> assigned you know just all this sort of speculative of and people having their favorites you know like I like mm-hmm. the th white King Arthur, right, uh, right? You know, but yeah, everybody's got got their own thing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's good. Fandom's good. I like fandom. It is. It's a very, like I say, you're participating in the culture. Yeah. You know? In a very direct way. Yeah. And you're with people who understand what you're doing and why. Or at least enjoy it. it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. At least they enjoy it. Yep. Oh, goodness. Well, that was really good. Thanks for digging up all those links. That was very good of you to provide all that. That's really no trouble. And I'm just glad that we beat technology up enough that we got this far. (laughs) So um, we'll put up the links to everything and we'll throw some stuff in the Facebook group. We'll try to find out more about what the hell happened to Bill's arm. Yeah. Um, And uh, it, well, I didn't see that. I wasn't sure if Elizabeth went with him to this con she certainly wasn't with him when he was doing public stuff but Mm -hmm. i bet she went with him anyway especially with a bad arm yeah i would guess yeah Yeah. i think so well we'll see if we can find out more but yeah i hope he takes care of himself i hope he's not like riding a motorcycle with a (laughs) fractured arm or something and no helmet you know (laughs) oh god Oh, anyway, um, well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of our little show. And thank you for hanging out with us on Facebook and sending links and comments and all of that stuff. Yes. And I hope wherever you are, the pandemic feels like it's winding down. Yeah. And you can start to explore what the new normal is going to be for you. Yeah, that would be good. And if any of you guys end up going to Star Trek conventions, uh, let us know what that's like, whether there's lots of people there and if you saw Bill and what happened and and everything. We want to know. Yep. So I think that's it for now. Uh, Thank you all, as always. We will be back at some point with another show. Uh, But until then, as always, live Live long long and and potluck. potluck. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.